the living God desires to touch our lives. But hear me, he wants to do more than just touch our life. And sometimes as human beings, we're content just to have him touch our lives. And then we go and do what we do, and then things get tough or we run into a problem. And when we go, man, I really need the Lord to touch my life again. He wants to do more than touch our life. He wants to deliver us from the bondage of sin. He wants to cleanse us and remove all of our sin. And he wants to fill us with his spirit so that we can walk in victory and in right relationship with him every day of our life. That's dramatically different than him touching my life. It will change my life. So I don't want to fall into the trap of just going from a touch of the Lord to another touch of the Lord and feeling the presence of the Lord and feeling I want him to fill my life and I want him to radically transform my life. Paul said it this way, the outward man perisheth, but the inner man is renewed or the inward man is renewed day by day by day. That sounds like living to me. Just being renewed every day, renewed day by day, renewed day by day. Paul also said that's how we fulfill the will of God is by the renewing of our minds. That's our thinking. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ that we celebrate being risen from the dead wants to radically transform our life. You're sitting here and you're going, well, I, I, I knew that already. I'm telling you, every single one of us in this room, myself included, if we're still here, and I think we all are, and we're still breathing, and I think we all are, he's not done yet. And he has more in each one of us he yet wants to do. I don't know that there's a one of us in this room that he's, well, I do know. There's not a one of us in this room that he is done fulfilling his will in our life. Because you're still here. You're still here. And so I want to be so given to him that he can radically transform me. You ever met somebody that came to the Lord and you're like, you hadn't seen him for a little while and then you meet him and you're like, man, you're different. Something's happened to you. You ever heard that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it should be that way to where if we don't see somebody, even after we're living for God, if we don't see somebody for a few years, we come together like, man, you're different than I remember a few years ago. What's happening? I'll tell you what should be happening. We should be being regenerated by the Spirit of God to where we continue to walk more and more in His Spirit, and we look more and, more, and we become more and more yielded to Him to where we are radically transformed. This is the design of God. And what really happens if we're not careful, especially in North America, is we become content to get to a certain place in our relationship with God. And then I become, if I'm not careful, complacent. 
and I no longer strive after the things of God. But I settle into a groove or whatever. I call it a rut. I don't want to do that. His depths are unsearchable, so I want to ever pursue him. And I, I think there's things of God I don't know yet. I know there are. And I want to keep growing in him. I think there's ways he can use me that he hasn't used me yet. I want to be used every way he wants to. There's some things I read in this book that I haven't walked in yet. I want to walk in them. But it starts with, I know you guys think I'm just talking, and I know I am, but I'm, we're in the Word already. It starts with how I think. Him changing the way I think. That's why Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I can't do that on my own. I can't read a self-help book and change my mind. Not the way he wants to. I need to get into the presence of God, get into the Word of God, and let the Spirit of God begin to change how I think. And one way you'll know when he changes how you think is it will change how you speak. I'm just going to say that again. You'll know he changed how you think because it will change how you speak. He wants to renew our mind because he wants to transform us. Now, I've learned something about how we think. How we think is affected by who and what we listen to. It's shaped by what we take in, where we receive information from. That determines how and what we think. And so... If you're going, man, I'm trying to change my thinking, but I keep falling into these old traps. I, this isn't rocket science. The Lord did not make this difficult. If he made it difficult, I wouldn't be able to stand here at all and try to minister the word of God because I'm pretty simple and he knows that about me. And so the way we think is shaped by how we take in information, data, words, Media, how we take and what we take in shapes how we think. I had, I've quoted some scripture, so you're okay. I'm not going to, if you're waiting for me, like, well, when's he going to like read the scripture and then we'll start. We're started, okay? You find a child that's been told most of their life, You'll never amount to anything. You're so dumb. You're foolish. You find a child that's always talked to that way. God forbid. God forbid that happens. But you find a child that's always talked to that way. They begin to think about themselves that way. Through no fault of their own, mind you. But they became a product of what they heard and they took in. So it began to shape them. It began to shape them. Why? Because they began to think based on what they continually took in. They became a product of their environment. So when you and I are saying, I'm going to live for God, I know I've got to have a change to how I think. 
one of the things you got to begin to do is go, I got to begin to change my environment. I got to begin to change what I take in, what I listen to. I have a friend who um, has been baptized in the name, filled with the Spirit of God, is used of God. However, at times, I can't be around them. Now, not always. I enjoy their company sometimes. But sometimes when I'm around them, their conversation goes a certain way, and I can't be around them. And I'm like, ah. I can tell their conversation from where it's going. I can tell what they've been listening to. Because what they've been listening to has affected their thinking. And now what they're declaring, they're declaring what they've been hearing and what they've been thinking about. And it's not in agreement fully with the word of God. Matter of fact, it sort of grates on my spirit. We're just going to get really real right now, okay? I'm going to tell you what I knew they were listening to. Brace yourself. They would go on these binges listening to Rush Limbaugh, a talk show. Anybody ever heard of him? Some of you have, some of you haven't. He's passed on now. But he was this, quote, conservative radio talk show, would always talk politics. And I'd get around them, and I could tell, man, you've just been listening. They were spouting off. I'm like, it grated on my spirit. Why? Because it wasn't of God. It was of this world. I'm not saying some of the stuff said was wrong. The issue was they were letting their thinking be shaped by the God of this world's thoughts. So some of you are struggling with that because some of you are really, really political. I'm going to break. I'm going to tell you a secret. God is not political. This isn't a political message this morning. And I have beliefs that affect how I vote. But hear me. I can't believe we're here, but here we are. Talking about how we think. If we want to be radically transformed, we got to have how we think. And, and we think we, here's the deception. We think, well, I listened to that. That's good. That's a, no, it's affecting your thinking contrary to the word of God, or it's twisting the word of God in your spirit to fit what you believe because you heard somebody else spewing it. And you're trying to make the word of God align with your belief rather than you seeking to let your beliefs align with the word of God and letting the word of God form, shape, and direct your thoughts. And what's funny to me is some of those very same people will say, ain't nobody going to tell me how to think, not realizing the very things they're constantly taking in is telling them how to think. And they don't realize it shaped their whole thinking. This is why we have to be renewed in our minds. Renewed in our minds. Here's a deep revelation for you. Get ready. I don't care if all of Congress... That's the Senate and the House of Representatives for those of you that didn't go to civics class. I don't care if all of that and the presidency and everybody appointed is all Republican or all Democrat. It's not going to save our world. 
It's not going to save our world. There is only one Savior. There is only one who can change this mess. There is only one who can forgive sin. There is only one who can deliver from the bondage of sin. There is only one that can reach into a heart, no matter their political persuasion, and turn it to such a way that they say, oh my goodness, I must repent of my way of thinking. Because you understand the word repentance, metanoia, literally means a change of one's thinking. That's what repent means. Repent doesn't mean, oh God, I'm so sorry. It may sound like that because of its effect on us, but repentance is a change of one's thinking. And I and you will never be radically transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ if I don't first allow Him to reach into my thinking and change how I think. And if I'm not willing to allow Him to do that, how do I have to... You say, well, okay, God. It doesn't quite work like that. He begins to deal with you and I in an area of our life. That's called conviction. The love of God reaches to her. See, some of you, you're resisting this morning, but what's happening is the Word of God is trying to come and convict you to recognize, man, I fall into that trap. God, help me. And so the Word of God will come and illuminate something to our life. And when it illuminates something to our life, we're like, man, I didn't see it that way. I'm not talking about men persuading us. You understand. I'm talking about a truth being spoken that all of a sudden we're like, hold on, I can't deny that. I, I recognize, okay, okay. man, I, I was a little blind to that area. You, got, you realize the things that hinder us from repenting are oftentimes things that we are blind to. People can't see the gospel or the fullness of, because they've been blinded by the God of this world, the Scripture says. Matter of fact, it says the God of this world has blinded Anybody know what it says it's blinded? Their minds. Are you getting this this morning? It says the God of this world, that means this world system, this world's way of thinking, this world's thought processes, this world's agenda, all, all of this world's stuff has blinded their minds. This is why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, the renovation of how we think. And there's not a one of us in this room that thinks all right all the time. Sorry to burst your bubble if you thought you were that one. We need, this is why we need to be renewed day by day. All right. I want you to pray with me before we go any further. The Holy Ghost is really trying to help us today. But we've got to be willing to receive the word and let the word work in our lives. Jesus, in your name, I thank you for your word that cannot fail. I pray for each one of us here in this room this morning. Father, we want to be transformed by the power of your Spirit. We want to be used fully and mightily for your glory. We understand by the Word of God that transformation comes by the renewing of our minds. I pray, Holy God, reach in by Your Word that is quick and powerful, that's sharper than any two-edged sword. Let it pierce, I pray, to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit 
and the joints and the marrow. Let it do as you've said. Let your word discern the thoughts and the intents of our heart. Lead us, we pray, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Look at your neighbor and say, let your mind be renovated. Now look at your neighbor if you mean it. No, that's not what I want you to say. If you mean it, look at your neighbor and say, I want my mind to be renovated by God. We need the mind of Christ. But the mind of this world is contrary to the mind of Christ. Mine and your human reasoning is contrary to the mind of God. This is what Paul was talking about when he said the carnal mind, the human mind, is enmity against God. It opposes God. Now, we like to think, no, 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 no. I know what I think. That's how God feels about it, too. Yeah, that's why some of the world hates Christians, because Christians have become political. And when they see a Christian, they see a Christian with a political worldview rather than the love of God being made manifest. Does that make sense? Now, I don't apologize for believing the word of God this morning. And we're going to speak the truth in love. And some people are going to hate us because we speak the truth of the word of God in love. But God forbid, hear me, hear me. I didn't, this isn't where I planned we'd be this morning, but here we are. And we're going to stay right here because God wants to help us. God forbid I take this precious holy word and begin to use it to fit my political thinking and agenda. I'll take it a step further. God forbid I have a political agenda. As children of God, we should have one agenda. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. The kingdom. You say, man, you're anti-American. No, I'm not. But I'm going to tell you something. He's not coming back for the good old USA. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. Whosoever will, let him come and drink of the water of life freely. I, I can tell just by talking about this, I'm, a, I'm buttoning up against some of your... What's, what is that? I'll tell you what it is. It's the Spirit of God coming against mine in your way of thinking. Because we get rid... And so the Lord is saying, I want to use you. But if I use you in a mighty way right now, you're going to think I'm justifying your way of thinking. And so what do I have to do? I've got to let the Word of God and the love of God reach in. And I've got to honestly and only before God say, God, everything I think, I submit it to You. And I'm asking You to renovate my mind. I want the thoughts of God to flow through me. I want the mind of Christ to be in me. I want to be kingdom-minded. I want to live according to the kingdom of God. I want to live with the mind of God. 
I want your thoughts to be my thoughts. I want your ways to be my ways. I don't want to be bound by my reasoning. This is what the writer of Proverbs was declaring with wisdom. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. You understand today the world is lost because of how they think. This is why there must be repentance. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. He was speaking of daily going to a place of repentance. Now, you guys are thinking, man, this, I thought this is Easter. This is Resurrection Sunday. Aren't we supposed to be talking about him alive? We are. He's alive and he wants to use you. He wants to live in you and work through you. But if I won't let him renovate how I think, he can't. He can't. I was having a conversation with someone the other day. And uh, nobody here. But I was having this conversation with him. And this conversation was around culture. Different culture. We got different cultures represented in this room. I just look around. We got different culture. We got cultures from multiple continents in this room. That's a beautiful thing to me. But hear me. We're just getting all talking about politics. I'm just getting all kinds of trouble this morning. But hear me. He is not a God of culture. I'm not telling you your culture doesn't matter. You understand? But hear me. When I put on Christ, I put off culture. Culture is secondary. This is why the Apostle Paul said, if any man be in Christ, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. That's why I say, in Christ there is neither, this is the other thing Paul said, in Christ there is neither Jew nor Greek. Oh, hold on a minute. I got some deep Jewish roots. Hold on a minute now. I got some deep Greek root. No, no, no. In Christ, there's neither Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. But Christ is all and in all. What happened? You say, so what culture? I'll tell you the culture. We should be the culture of Christ. That should, I'm not telling you to discount heritage, things that, but that does not take priority. I've watched people, the, the conversation I was having with this individual, their struggle in their walk with God, they were defining, they were trying to describe to me why, where they were, and how well it was different for them because of their culture. I'm like, look, I'm not trying to just rain on your parade or trying to knock your culture in any way. But when you come to know the Lord and He fills you with His Spirit, your culture becomes irrelevant in terms of your relationship and walk with God. I'm not telling you you kick it to the curb. You can celebrate it. You can be thankful for it. But your culture does not dictate your walk in relationship with God. If it is, if it does, there's a possibility that your culture is an idol in your life. I've never said that before in my life. I've never even had that thought before in my life. 
Christ is all in all. And so we need our thinking to be transformed by God. Repentance is critical. First Corinthians 15 tells us that we are saved by the gospel. First Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. Paul says, I declare unto you the gospel which also I received. He said, I'm preaching this unto you, which you stand in it. Verse number 2, he made this statement. He said, by, watch also, by which also you are saved. We're saved by the gospel. But people like to stop right there. I'm saved by the gospel. He, the death, I'm saved. Paul said, if. Nobody likes to put an if on being saved, but Paul did. I mean, is it there? If you keep in memory, that doesn't mean like, oh, I'll try to make sure I remember it up here. I'll make sure I remember it. No, he means actively in memory. I'm active in memory. We, you know, you see these um, you see these people that maybe lost a friend or something. Oftentimes we see it associated with gangs where they have, you know, rest in peace and loving memory of. They'll put it on their car or on this, right? What are they trying to do? They're trying to keep that memory alive. They're not just going, oh, I remember it. See, no, they're trying to do things to keep it alive. That's what Paul's talking about. If you keep in memory, the gospel has to stay alive in you. If you keep in memory what I preached in you, unless you've believed in vain, it is possible to believe the gospel in vain. See, that just kills the whole idea, just believe and everything's fine. You and I could believe the gospel in vain. So what do I have to do? I have to have my mind renovated. I have to have my thinking changed so that the gospel stays in my memory. What am I keeping? Watch verse number three. How that Christ, for I delivered to you, first of all, that which also I received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. And he rose again the third day according, I'm in verse four. He was buried, he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That's the gospel, the death, burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But here, watch. You cannot celebrate the resurrection in your life and mine without the death. You agree with that? No death, no resurrection. And here's what happens. We want to celebrate the resurrection in our lives, but we don't want the death. You know what death is? Repentance. Repentance what brother lewis was talking about repentance is death the death burial and resurrection death is repentance burial is baptism in the name of jesus christ romans and colossians paul said we are buried with christ through baptism that so that we also should walk in newness of life resurrection but you don't get to the resurrection without the death and the burial this is what Paul's talking about when he said, you're saved by the gospel. I died to myself. I died to my way of thinking. I died to my old ways. That's repentance. Then I'm buried with Christ through the waters of baptism in Jesus' name. I'm buried with him in baptism. Why? So that I also should walk in newness of life. What's the newness of life? The infilling of the Holy Ghost. His Spirit lives in me. It quickens me to where I'm now truly alive like I've never been alive before. The death, the burial, the resurrection. That's what the Apostle Peter preached on the day of Pentecost, Acts 2 and 38. Repent, die, be baptized, buried, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the resurrection. 
Why didn't he just say, Christ died, buried, alive, believe that, and you're saved? Because he knew belief, belief, people respond to what they believe. Now, some would say, oh, hold on, you're, you're making it about works. We're not saved by works. We are absolutely not saved by our works. We're saved by his work. We're saved by his work. But if I believe his work, I will act according to his word. I've heard it argued. We're still talking about renovation of our mind. I've heard people argue that, well, baptism is not essential because baptism is a work. And there's nothing you do that can save you. It's absolutely true. I think it's why someone can't baptize themselves. I suppose somebody could say it and then dunk themselves, but I feel like it's got to be someone else that baptizes them for that reason. But watch, baptism is not a work. If it, are you cleansing your sin on your own? Are you washing away your sin on your own? No, no, no. You're being obedient to the fact that the word of God teaches us. What did the word declare? Arise and be baptized, washing away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. You believe that. You're like, I believe that. I want that to happen in my life. I want my sins to be washed away. I can't do anything of my own works that would cause my sin to be washed away. Only the blood of Jesus can do that. But I believe the word of God that says when I'm baptized, my sins are washed away. Therefore, I'm going to act in obedience. I'm going to submit myself to his word. And the blood of Jesus is applied to my life. That wasn't a work of my flesh. That was a work of his spirit and his word. But we have to have our thinking changed. And it starts with dying repentance. I have to say this about works. Question for you. Anybody ever read Hebrews 11? By faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Believe that? We're saved by grace. Yes? What's the next two words? Ha ha ha. People want to leave off those words. We're saved by grace through faith, and it is the gift of God, lest a man would boast. Okay, so, so why don't we look at Hebrews 11. You don't have to turn there because I'm not sure what I'm going to quote or point to, but I promise you it'll be in there. You can go read it. So why don't we look at Hebrews 11 to get us a definite? I think it's a good place to look to know what faith is, wouldn't you? Faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Maybe you've heard this from Hebrews 11 before. By faith, Noah prepared an ark. You ever read that? By faith, Abraham offered Isaac, his only son. Yeah, you heard that before. I have a question for you. Was Noah building an ark faith or works? Was Abraham offering his son Isaac faith or works? See, nobody wants to look at that. Now, the word says Noah saved his family by faith. 
Is that what it says? By faith, Noah prepared an ark to the saving of his house. So did Noah save his family? Or were they saved by faith? Noah was not saved by works. He was saved by faith. When he believed God, that God said, I'm going to destroy the earth, Noah said, what does that mean to me, God? And God said, build an ark. I'm going to tell you how to build it. I'm going to tell you what to do. And if you'll just be obedient to me in faith, I'll save you. This is exactly what James was talking about in his letter when James said multiple times, faith without works is dead. When I have faith, I act on my faith. But that doesn't mean what I do in obedience, that I saved myself by my works. My response in faith caused God to save me. Does this make sense this morning? This is why we need a change of our thinking. A change of our thinking. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Let's... I want to read here. Romans 6, verse 1. I just want to read a couple places in Scripture as we... Romans 6 and 1. Listen to the word. He says, what shall we say then? Should we continue in sin so that grace may abound? It's a rhetorical question, but obvious, just in case you didn't know. Verse 2, God forbid... How shall we that are dead to sin, that's somebody that's repentant. Hear that? Dead to sin? That's repentance. They've died. So now they're getting in position to be resurrected. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 3. Know you not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? How, how did that happen? Well, let's read verse 4. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in his life. He said, hey, the same way Christ resurrected, we should be made to resurrect. You don't mean like you're going to physically die and rise up again. It's not in this life. Talking about I'm going to die to my old man. I'm going to be buried through the waters of baptism. And then when I receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, I walk. Now I'm walking in a new life. I'm not walking in the life I used to walk in. I'm in newness of life. Because the life I now live, it's not I that lives it, but Christ that lives in me. It's a change of thinking. It starts with repentance. Changing my thinking. Dying to myself. Verse 5. For if. Everybody say if. See, we like to skip over the word if. If we have been planted together in the likeness of his death. 
How are we planted in the likeness of his death? Not a trick question. How are we planted in the likeness of his death? Go back to verse 4. We'll read it again. We got to see this. We are buried with him or we are planted with him by baptism into death. Okay? Burial is the planting. Right? I give you seeds and I say, hey, go plant these. You're going to dig a hole. You're going to put them under. You're going to bury them in the dirt. Right? Okay, verse 5. If, if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, that tells me baptism matters. If we've been planted together in the likeness of his we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Okay? You don't bury living people. You heard the guy that was really, really scared of being buried alive in a box, right? I'll share that with you some other time, right? I don't want to be buried alive. So I die to my will. That's repentance, a change in my thinking. I die to that. I'm going to give you another revelation here. The Lord had to give me as I... We go to one more place in Scripture before we finish. The book of Luke, chapter 13. The Lord Jesus Christ does not care about my opinion. Does that shock you? I hope not. He doesn't. He doesn't care about my opinion. He doesn't care about my opinion no matter how strongly, how strong it is how much evidence I have to back up my opinion. He doesn't care. All he cares about is his word, the truth of his word. He loves us so much that he gave us his word and would wants our thinking to be fully and completely shaped by his word. Now, we can have differences of opinion but we must remember it's just opinion. But when it comes to this word, his word is forever settled in heaven. This word is truth. This must guide my thinking. I want this to tell me how to think. I don't want to fall into the trap. This is deception is when I start going, I'm going to make this say to fit what I think. That's the slippery slope to deception is when I start twisting the word to fit my opinion. And so what I need is I need the word not to shape my opinion because opinion is fluid. I need the word of God to tell me what to think and how to think on a matter. I need the word. And so if I want to walk in newness of life, I have to die. Look at your neighbor and say, no death, no resurrection. Anybody want to be resurrected with him? Anybody want to die? It's the only way.
It's the only way. All right? Dying is repentance, a change of my thinking. Watch what Jesus said, Luke 13. So last place I want to read this morning. There were present at that season some that told him of the Galileans, whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. They were, they were bringing a criticism, and they were sharing it with Jesus. And they were probably right. But watch the next verse. And Jesus, this is his response to their criticism of, of these Galileans who had done this wrong. Jesus answering said to them, do you suppose that those Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered such things? And they were probably thinking, absolutely right, they were. A bunch of dirty, good-for-nothing Galileans that are a bunch of sinners. That's why we told you about it. He knew what they were thinking. But watch verse 3. Watch what Jesus said. I tell you, nay, but except you repent. Whoa, 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 whoa. Jesus, we were trying to tell you about some Galileans and bad stuff they were doing. Don't turn the light on how we think. Lord, we were trying to criticize some situations that we know are sin. Don't turn the light on what we're doing that's sin. You understand, this isn't a justification for me to go, oh, well, see, you're a sinner too, so don't try to point my... No, we need to, we need to be free and separated from sin. We need to die to sin. But Jesus said, nay, except you repent. This is how critical it is that our thinking change. Except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. If we don't allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to continually renew our mind and to change how we think and continually keep us to living in repentance, we will die in our sin. I need the renewing of the Spirit in my life. And I don't walk in fear of that. I keep my spirit by the grace of God alone. I seek to keep my spirit submitted to God so that if I step into something that doesn't please Him, I'm seeking to be led by His Spirit I step into something that doesn't please him. His spirit can deal with me and I will quickly repent rather than continue walking down that road. Does that make sense? I, I want him to arrest how I'm thinking, whoa, whoa, what, are you, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Stop thinking. No, 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 no. I want to recognize that. If I'm talking with Sister Sierra, I'll pick on her. See, she's in a hot seat this morning. If, if Sister Sierra, she says something to me and it's contrary to the word of God, it might sound good. It might, might be the latest flavor of the day. There should be something in my spirit that goes, oh, 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 maybe not physically, but right. I'm going, there should be something rise up in my spirit that says, hold on. I can't lay hold on that thought. It's contrary to the word. I repent of that thinking. I'm not giving room to that thinking. Now, here's the challenge for us knowing how to think. We don't spend enough time in the word. We spend way too much time on social media, and that shapes our thinking. I'm not anti-social media. But when it starts affecting how we think. How many of you on social media? Raise your hand. My hand's up. I'll tell you something interesting. Maybe you've noticed this about social media. You ever get suggestions for people or businesses or stuff to follow? Yeah, yeah. 
question. Do those suggested follows usually align with the way you think, or are they usually completely opposed to the way you think? Usually it's aligned with how you think, isn't it? Do you think social media knows what it's doing? Let me see if I can just affirm the way you think. I'll get you to follow more people that say stuff you agree with, and it will just affirm the way you think. And, oh, here's somebody. And what? Go on YouTube. You watch a few videos that get your interest about the way you think. Before long, YouTube starts suggesting more videos to you about how you think. It's the God of this world. And the God of this world is saying, let me just reinforce your way of thinking so that you'll not look to God in repentance to say, change how I think. I only want the mind of Christ. People don't put stuff out there on social media so you can come disagree with them and tell them, come on, you need to shape up. Do that to one or two of your friends. See how long they let, let you comment on their stuff. No, you know what? They're going to post something out there and you go, oh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. Those people are so mean and nasty to you. You should. And that just makes you feel good because they agree with you. They affirmed your thinking. Hear me. The word of God tells us what to think. It doesn't affirm our worldly thinking. This is true repentance. And it's critical to walking in newness of life. Verse 4, Jesus gives them another example. Or do you think those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and slew them, do you think they were sinners above all the men that dwelt in Jerusalem? Well, of course they did. They're like, yeah, that's why the tower fell on them and killed them. They were heathens. Jesus said in verse 5, I tell you nay, but except you repent, except you let your thinking be changed, you shall all perish just like those that the tower fell on. You've got to have your thinking changed. Just stand with me this morning. Now, I read over those verses pretty quickly. And we can dismiss them because of the King James English. But I encourage you to highlight them, write them, stick them on your mirror, stick them wherever you look all the time. Verse 3 and 5. Except you repent, you shall perish. We don't live and walk in fear. We just understand how important it is to allow the Spirit of God and the Word of God to shape our thinking. Otherwise, death is the result. He wants to radically transform us. He wants to use us mightily and powerfully for His glory every single day that we live. But we must have a life of repentance. A life where my thinking is ever being shaped by the word of God. Where I take my opinions by the grace of God. I take my opinions and I lay them on the altar of sacrifice. Not to be picked back up again, but to be destroyed and consumed by the fire of a jealous God. I lay my opinions at the altar. I lay them there at the altar. This is so vital today. I feel such a reaching of the Spirit of the Lord. 
This is why when you and I come to God, it's not very long if we're sincere and we're genuine and we are honestly wanting to pursue and be in right relationship with Him. It's why it's not very long we start changing our friends. Not all of them. Some of them we begin influencing because we begin to share what the Word of God says and their thinking begins to get arrested and they begin to repent. But some, their talk, their conversation, their words, they have more influence on us. And if that's the case, I have to sever some things where I'm getting information from. Some of you this morning, afternoon, some of you, you've asked the question again and again, why do I keep repenting for the same thing over and over? I'll tell you why. And I don't mean this unkind. I think the love of God is wanting to help us today. The reason you keep repenting for the same thing over and over is because you're not truly repenting or not fully repenting. You're sorry for the result of your thinking, but you keep thinking the same way. You have not allowed God to change your thinking. And because he hasn't changed your thinking or my thinking, I go back to the sin that I said I repented of. I haven't truly put it before God and realized it's that sin that separates me from God. And so I go back to it again. And so I need the goodness of God to reach into my life. You understand it's the love of God that shows us something that makes us realize it's sin. It's not, the, it's not the condemnation of God. It's God reaching in love and convicting us and saying, hey, if you keep walking that way, that's sin. It's going to destroy you. I love you too much to let you keep walking and thinking that way. So I'm revealing to you how I think about it. And my revealing to you how I think about it is so that you'll change how you think about it. And you don't have to do it on your own if you'll repent and seek my way of thinking and begin to do what I direct you to do. I'll deliver you from that bondage. This is the plan of God. That's the work of repentance. But here's what we want to do. God, I got this thing I'm really struggling with. Would you take it away from me? Anybody ever prayed that way? Take it away. You know what the Lord's saying? Repent it. Change your way of thinking about it. Let the love of God. Now, we can't do this on our own. This isn't human will. This is the love of God reaching into your life and mine. This is the mercy of God reaching into your life and mine. This is the grace of God reaching to us and saying, I'm calling you to repentance. 
I'm calling you to a change of thinking. I'm inviting you to a place of deliverance from bondage. But you'll not be set free if you don't repent. If you don't humble yourself before God. Acknowledge the error of your thinking. And allow me to transform your... He wants to, but you got to let Him change your thinking. And then when He does, you got to go, i got to change something. I've been getting information from some sources that are going to destroy my life. I've been fellowshipping things that have shaped my thoughts that are going to destroy my life. I'm entertaining things that I... Why am I doing this? God, affect my thinking. Do a work in my mind. Renovate my mind. This is why Paul said, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. When you and I allow repentance to have its work and our mind is transformed, we start doing the will of God. We focus on doing the will of God rather than repentance. Repentance is what leads us to doing the will of God. Would you and I be so willing to say, God, I take every thought, I take every opinion, I take every attitude, I take every element of the way I think about life, and I lay it before you. I want your thoughts. I pray that your word and your love would wash over my mind and my spirit. I pray that the living word of God would come in and convict me of wrong thinking and lead me in proper thinking. I want true repentance in my life. I don't want to walk in sin and die in sin. I want to repent and walk in newness of life according to your word, Lord Jesus. Come on, talk to him there where you are, please. Talk to the Lord. Some would say it's so hard to get back to God. No, it's not. It starts with true and simple repentance. Lord, I thought I could do this, but I realize I can't. I want you more than anything in life. I realize without you, I'm nothing. I realize life is not worth living without you. I humble myself, Lord. I repent, Father, of those things where my thinking was in a disagreement with your word. I want you. I want newness of life, Lord. I pray the love of God work in me today according to your will, Father. In the name of Jesus, I pray. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Let the Spirit of God and the Word of God lead us to a place of true repentance. That my thinking would be submitted to Your Word and Your will, that I not walk according to my own will, for it will lead to death, but I walk according to Your Word and Your will that leads to life. That leads to life. I don't want to die in my sins. But I want to be free from sin. And I know that comes through repentance. Baptism. Infilling of your spirit, Lord. I want to be free from the bondage of sin. That's your desire for my life. And I know it starts in a place of repentance. I humble myself before you. I submit every thought of my mind to you. Lord Jesus, tell me, show me, lead me in how to think. Lord, illuminate to me the areas of my life where I'm receiving information and taking in things from the God of this world that are hindering my ability that you would lead me into repentance. Show me those things, God. 
show me that I would remove them, that I would cut them off, that I would stop feeding the lies of the adversary into my mind and my heart, that I would truly walk in God-ordained repentance before you. 